This is Men in Progress. I'm your host, Bobby Dennis, and I'm a prevention educator with Access. Our mission is to address the roots and impact of violence in our community. My role at Access focuses on engaging men in the movement to end sexual assault and domestic violence. Each week, we'll be joined by a guest from the community who will bring us into their story. We will hear about what has shaped them as a man, struggles they have faced, and successes they have found, and what it means to be a man for themselves. We will also spend some time answering questions that young men in the community may want to know around life decisions, shared experiences, and what it means to be a man. Yeah, welcome listener. Today we have a... um what I consider a very special guest with us, because he's a he's a very special person to me, um, Joe Lovin. He's a musician that I would say is a local musician, but I guess you're also local to Colorado at this point. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Joe Lovin is a musician. He's talked to us about music, share some of your music with us. Do you uh, want to just introduce yourself a little bit for the listeners? Like, yeah, who are you? What do you do? Sure. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, my name is uh, Joe Lovin, and uh, I'm a songwriter um, who found his roots here uh, 22 years ago in Ames. Um, currently, I am uh, have a band out in Denver, Colorado, uh, where we have been playing for the most part, and we actually have uh, two shows here um, in Ames on Friday and Saturday back-to-back that we're really excited for. So I'm, uh, yeah. Uh, thanks for having me on the show, Bobby. Yeah, of course. And so, yeah, if you're if you're listening to this um, right now, it's uh, you know you'll be listening to this at Friday at five. We're pre pre recording because Joe will be playing at Bergie's tonight at um, well starting at six o'clock or seven. You'll be on. Um, so swing by and and check that out if you have free time. Um, but again, if you're listening to this right now, it'll be you know tonight at seven. So, um, yeah, and when I think out, about it, come out and see Bobby at six o'clock. Thank, thank you for opening for me, Bobby. Yeah, that, I don't want to self-promote. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, actually me and me and Joe, we met, uh, last summer, mostly through music, playing music mm-hmm. together. And I feel like it was one of those things where it was a really random idea of like, Hey, let's go to different coffee shops and play together. And throughout the course of the summer, I just found like, uh, got to know you really well and got to yeah. know like your heart for a lot of different things. And so when we had the opportunity to hear your music today, I'm like, this is a guy I really love, a guy I really trust. Uh, um, and yeah, I just love to hear your music. But so I guess before we, we go into that, um, we're also, both of us are also really good friends with Cable to Man, who you heard a couple weeks ago on the show, um, playing uh, One Blue String and then talking about his history with um, mental health. Um, and that was a really great show, but but either way, one of the the simple questions we asked Caleb in the show, and he kind of uh, maybe maybe lost us some viewers listeners, um, <laughs> and it's a common question we ask: uh, pineapple on pizza? Oh no, <laughs> um, yeah. So I am <laughs> I am an advocate. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You you uh you answered opposite of Caleb on that oh, one. Oh oh, did it? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I I I make my views really known on this show, and I'm definitely pineapple on pizza. Man, you're totally such normal a, and so good. You're a controversial hellraiser, oh, aren't no. you? Bobby? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have to. We have to be. We have to ask important questions. Absolutely. So, <laughs> I uh I guess what we'll do is we'll start off with just hearing some of your music. If you want to play us uh 
a quick song and yeah. then we'll talk a little bit more about your music um yeah this uh this one is uh probably bobby's favorite song i'll just start off play it of cicadas in the summer but where where has my fire gone the lightning flashes and sears a tender tissue in my eye so strike me Toil or spin, so what can be said about you, my child? I, I was the one, the fire. Bones. 
All the lilies of the field don't toil or spin. So what can be said about you, my child? I, I am the one the fire in your bones, fire in your bones. So good. <laughs> Every time I hear that song, I love it. Thank you. Thank you. you you're just really talented as a song, songwriter. Thank I you. Think. Yeah, I think that if I, I, I knew that or um, I, I would, I'd be writing more. Um, busyness, uh, school, um, maybe not having a creative environment kind of contributed to not writing so much this last year. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel like you haven't had a lot of time to write this year? Um, I don't know, like, uh, busyness really, um, shows you how much time that you, that you have in, in a day. I think if it's a value, then it's a habit. And if it's not a value, it's not a habit. So, uh, maybe that was more of the, uh, contributing factor as much as I wouldn't like to admit. Yeah. Yeah. Busyness is hard. And I think we could talk a little bit about that. Um, just maybe later on in the show, just how, how you deal with busyness. Oh, you sure. Know? Yeah. Cause I mean, I think it's a, it's a thing that, especially as men, we, we deal with a lot. Like how do we, you know, mm. how do we, you know, not only prioritize things, but in addition to that, like how do we, even in tending to our priorities, we don't want to get a heart where we're like always about doing and like feel mm. like we're always rushed and it's so tricky and there's yeah. such a secret to it. And so I'm interested in your perspective on that. Um, I guess before we, so you you mentioned you're an you're an Ames kid. That's right. Yeah. Right. So for born and raised. Twenty two years you've been an Ames kid. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, literally born and raised. <laughs> Were you born in Mary Greeley? Yeah, I was. Yep. Oh. <laughs> you you may be the most Ames person we've had on the show so far. Really? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know anybody else that has been born in Ames that we've had on the show. That's awesome. Yeah. No, I love Ames. Um, and all the time when I'm out in Colorado, I'll see like somebody wearing a, a ray gun shirt and I'll be like, yeah, I represent Iowa. And, you know, I, I don't know if it's like this for other states, but um, I always am welcomed with very warm smiles and hello. So it's, uh, it's you know, you can take the kid out of Ames, but you can't take the Ames out of the kid. Yeah. What would you, what would you describe for yourself? Like what's what makes you proud of being from Ames? Um, yeah, so that's a that's a good question. I think that the that the music is is a big part of it. Um, uh, growing up, uh, I didn't play I didn't play music until I was uh, sixteen or seventeen mm-hmm. um, on my own accord. Um, and so, like, I I I just really enjoyed being around talented people, even though I didn't have um, some of these talents myself. Um, and I would go to open mic nights um, and. I, like I said, you can't take the Ames out of the kid. And, and, and Ames, I think Ames songwriters have a specific sound hmm. that, that you can just pick out. Um, and uh, that shows up in my writing as well as uh, the writing of all my friends from, from around the area. And it was, it was a very formidable experience for me going to these open mic nights. Um, I would, I'd hear from like Christopher the Conqueror, Nate Logston, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, uh, as well as other 
um, local acts that I still to this day listen to and admire. That's really cool. So you mentioned that that songwriting came about like you're 16, 17 year old, like or I, you know you didn't say songwriting, but you said music, yeah. like doing it doing it on your own. You said on your own terms. Um, what what kind of birth that? What made you decide to at that time pursue it? Pursue music. Yeah. Um, yeah, good question. Um, and kind of a funny story. So I, um, I was so bored in homeroom every single day. <laughs> um, I would no- I would have nothing to do, even though I probably should have been doing homework, <laughs> putting more effort towards that. Um, but anyway, you could, uh, you could appeal to your teacher in the homeroom if you had something that you, uh, that you really thought you could or should be doing. And I, and I thought that, well, you know, I think I should be in the, in the music room um practicing bass guitar and so uh there was there's a bass guitar that you could use and there's just a really like raw sound to to that bass mm-hmm. i still remember and um i would just go down there every single day and, and and play bass i didn't know what i was doing i didn't know any scales but like my ear could pick out what i what i wanted to play and uh eventually my um my mu- the music teacher down there he approached me i think it was in my junior year of high school and he said hey Think you're really good. I think you have potential. I I want you to be in jazz band, um, and so that that's kind of when it snowballed. Um, jazz was actually my first experience, and uh, in college now I play I play jazz, um, bass, upright, and uh, electric, and uh, it's still uh, just a blast. Um, one of the, one of my more enjoyable experiences in music. That's really cool. I guess what was that learning experience like for you? Um, <laughs> so I think. Uh, my um my band teacher didn't really know how to handle me because i didn't have a uh a classical background so he couldn't mm-hmm. hold me accountable to what was on the sheet yeah um so i would play by my ear like all the time literally all the time i couldn't i couldn't even read the chords um and i think he was you know just so busy and he had uh, so many other students that he had commitments with that um uh I just I just didn't get the classical background that uh, everyone else got, and so um, he he kept on referring me to a, a bassist, uh, Jaco Pastorius of the Weather Report, and uh, so I'd listen to some of his stuff, and we played a few of their songs for our jazz concert, and um, uh, he even uh, gave me a lot of free reign with creativity and had like a cadenza solo at, at the beginning of a few songs, hmm. so it's just me up there. Uh, playing something and then reacting to the thing that I played by playing something else. <laughs> and, um, it was a, it was an interesting high school experience for sure. Yeah. And it sounds like a lot of some creative freedom in that. Oh yeah. So, uh, I think we're going to go to another one of your songs. And oh then, sure. Um, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about songwriting specifically. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? And, uh, maybe, maybe also talk some about poetry cause I know poetry was first for you before songwriting. Yeah. Yeah. So, Awesome. This one's called uh, Poetry. Or not Poetry. This is uh, Ticket in a Puddle. (laughs) Well, isn't that easy? Oh, nickel or dime. in pursuit of the lottery mine chances are slim you'd ever win so i'm tossed aside for the gutter snipes 
what to do. Day is slipping soon. Need I remind myself how bad I think it's got? To get in a puddle, someone pick me up. I'm not done. Hello, puppy. What's your name? Tell your master to come this way, or leave me be beside the street. No home to sleep, no food to eat. What am I to do? Day is slipping soon. Need I remind myself how bad I think it's got? To get in a puddle, someone pick me up. I'm not done. I've seen the sleuth. Can you hear me, Ace? If you're looking for footprints, try my face. Could it be true I'm passed by you? Not a glance behind. I guess that I will do the time. What am I to do? Day is slipping soon. Need I remind myself how bad, how bad I think it's got to get in a puddle? Someone pick me up. To get in a puddle, someone pick me up. To get in a puddle, someone pick me up. I'm not done. Sorry, this was about to just turn like like I just saw it snowballing into to the listener listening to our bromance. So I pull it back a little bit because um, <laughs> I was a, I'm just amazed by your songwriting. Thank you. Um, can you share with us like uh, what when it came to that song and when it came to to what you felt like you you really wanted or needed to express? Like yeah, you know what's what's going into that song? Um. So yeah, I. Uh... The the feeling and the and the emotions that I want to convey, um, and relate to the listener are um, like, hey, I understand what it means to feel like you have something of value to offer, but nobody really else does. And and I um, just put that into an illustration of um, like you're sitting, you're you're the winning lottery ticket hmm. in a puddle, and and somebody just talks you out. Um, maybe they didn't read you right. And uh, you're you're watching all these people go by, and you're like, "Hey, can you can you appreciate me?" Hmm. Um, and so yeah, that was that was kind of the catalyst for that song. To get in a puddle. Yeah, and that's a really relatable, um, 
relatable feeling or experience to feel like you're not you're not really fully understood for for what you have to offer yeah and i think that really if we're honest with ourselves everybody's been there um like if if you don't think that you have been there's probably lying (laughs) yeah yeah but yeah it's a it's a sympathy song at its heart yeah that's really cool so i guess when let's talk about poetry first because i think you're you're really in your in your lyrics and in in how you write music Mm -hmm. you you're really poetic i think that Mm -hmm. one thing i really appreciate about you as an artist is um you know and and it kind of sounds like a cliche but like lyrics come first for you yeah that's you know you're you're more concerned with with what are what are the words that you're saying what are you what are you putting out um and i think that that really comes from your poet mm-hmm. poet background um so when did when did poetry kind of come into the picture for you yeah so poetry came in the in the picture um well it was it was dylan first i think uh, bob dylan mm-hmm. um and then uh reading his influences dylan thomas um and then also in in 2015 I uh, I took a gap year program and uh in in that gap year program, um, uh, poetry was really stressed and uh, like reading uh, literature to get what the author was meaning was really stressed, and I ended up walking away from that experience as reading um, Milton, Chaucer, um, all these all these great poets and um, it it was a it was a really um, impactful experience because I wanted to do that like I wanted to um put things in my lyrics that meant things and that were addressed to the listener whoever they would be um and that's that's why lyrics come first for me that's why that's the highest value when it comes to songwriting um for me yeah and so when it comes to to songwriting when you when you picked up like when did you pick up songwriting when was that when you're like i want to write music yeah um i would say uh it was a um new year's resolution in 2015 um as well as a few other things uh a a daily selfie project was the other (laughs) um so (laughs) since 2015 i've been taking a selfie every day I'm compiling that it's kind of oh i forgot about cheesy. that <laughs> yeah this is a good time for that yeah oh yeah i should take it while i'm in the radio station that's great um yeah it's kind of like a kind of a way to remember where i've been but um yeah i, I uh in 20 2015 i um had access to a guitar that didn't have a broken neck <laughs> um which mine had at the time i wrote my first song actually when i was 18 in 2015 i would have been uh Man, what year is it? <laughs> it's 2018. That would have been 19. Um, I would have been 19 in 2015. Um, so yeah, since then I've I've been uh, I've been writing music, um, and it it I think it was always with those intentions that I talked about, mm-hmm. not necessarily um, were they articulated to myself. Yeah. So when it comes to poetry and and songwriting for yourself, what is what is that about? Um, uh, so what do you, I guess, why, why do you write poetry? Why do you write songs? Like, yeah. Um, well, uh, I think the better question is why don't I, um, <laughs> there we go. Turning it on the head. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
it's uh when when you're an artist um what do you do you know you create art um and there's something about it that that um i i would say it almost doesn't need a why it's just what you do um but i would uh, I would say that the reason that I create the the core reason is um, because I've been created in a, in a creator's image, hmm. um, which is something that informs a lot of my art. And uh, because I've been created in a creator's image, it's just what it's just what I do. Yeah, it's a core part of me. Yeah, so you really got a, just a creative heart. Yeah, in general. And what I found in your music, you also have a heart to connect. Right. Yeah, which is really cool. So. I think we'll uh, we'll jump over to another one. Okay. Um, what do you got for us? This one is uh, called Jealous Love. It's uh, my most recent. Terror of my idols May my heart be bridled By jealous love Jealous love Sorrows for those who Chase another god Their offerings of blood Go ignored by him because Of jealous love You're the hydra of forgiveness For every sin there's more embraces As signet rings and kisses For those that you call home All-consuming fire Be my warmth, you're my refiner Rapture our hearts Jealous love Jealous love Terror of my idols My the rival Of your jealous love I will offend, I'll betray my only friend For the world as my ends And for jealous love Jealous love You're the hydra Forgiveness for every sin There's more embraces There's signet rings and kisses For those that you call home All-consuming fire Be my warmth and my refiner Rapture our hearts With jealous love Ooh, Jealous love Jealous love Jealous love Ooh, Jealous love Jealous love 
jealous You are the hydra of forgiveness For every sin there's more embraces There's signet rings and kisses For the ones that you call home All-consuming fire Be my warmth in my refiner Rapture art Jealous Yeah, so we uh, we talked earlier on the show. I think one of the the first things we talked about was just busyness in general, mm-hmm. and and that's something that I think is a reality for a lot of people. Yeah. You know, so I guess for you, like, what what do you do in that time of busyness? Sure. Yeah. I mean, like, I guess that one way of looking at it is that we're all busy. The question is just with what. And um, mm-hmm. I I think I had a mentor tell me. Um, Maybe they're quoting this from somewhere. Um, like saying yes to something is saying no to a million others. And I think that that fear and indecision is kind of why like we we um, don't choose the right things to be busy with. Um, because we, we know that we, we got to say no to something at some point. Um, which hurts. Yeah. Um, sure. And uh, I think that sitting down and... Um, because that was that was pivotal for me hearing that um because i was able to sit down at that point and um just pick out okay well what what do i want then like what are my values and asking yourself that um you're then able to make uh decisions f- with your time based on on your values which um feels good you know um once once you got it all lined out and uh this uh this last semester that act that song actually kind of had to do with um um misplaced values mm. um and so you know down the road three months you realized man i really haven't valued maybe it was songwriting i'm not gonna say maybe that's what it was yeah. for me. <laughs> um i i haven't valued songwriting like i should have um so, uh, you know, it, it's, it's not something that you should condemn yourself about. It's something that you should just notice and, and act accordingly. Um, yeah. And some of these things too, I, I, at least I feel by, for myself. Um, and, and I would like to say that songwriting isn't the first to go some days, but for me, yeah. Yeah. Songwriting, songwriting is the first to go. And then I get in this time where I'm like, man, I have not written music. Mm-hmm. And then I, uh, then I write a lot at once, you know, and, right, yeah. and kind of feel like I'm making up for it. But, um, what's hard for me is, is songwriting is really like life giving, you yeah. know, this is something that, that is not like it is for listeners too, but it's, it's really something that fills me up. Right. Just yeah. You feel recharged. Kind yeah, of, yeah. 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 And, uh, and so then it's hard when, when I'm in a place of like being so busy, mm-hmm. I neglect the thing that really fills me up. Yeah, you know, and that's really tough. Mm. Yeah, but. good point. I I resonate with that. That uh, strikes a chord with me. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So I mean, I I think that's a a really good question when it comes to to men in general. Like, how mm. do we how do we work with this busyness, or work like with the fact that we always feel like we need to yeah. accomplish and and yeah bobby and I, i've seen like a lot of men who um once they get into it start thriving in the busyness mm-hmm. um which is, isn't always good like you need that rest um for sure um and if you don't if you don't if you're not intentional about rest 
I don't think you'll get it in a time of busyness. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it can be, it can be a place where people thrive and, uh, it can actually almost be a comfort zone, um, mm-hmm. for some. And, uh, I, I think, I think, um, for men like that, that's a good thing. If you're there, that's, that, that's good. Um, but you, I would say you still need to carve out a value for rest. Yeah. Um, and ask yourself, well, how do I best recharge? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of those other places for you is, is climbing. Yeah. Yeah. So talk to um, us a little bit about rock climbing. Yeah. Rock climbing is a, um, a really uh, fun and intense sport, uh, um, big passion of mine. Uh, it's, it's been a way that I've been able to meet a lot of people, um, which is something I, I enjoy. I'm, I'm pretty extroverted. Um, and uh, I think... I think that got pretty big for me um, as a value this uh, this last semester, even just because it was so available. Um, I would go climbing nearly every day, and it, it was something that really helped me focus um, uh, in in all areas of my life. And um, and so in that way, it was it was kind of a a comfort zone, and it was a is a busyness comfort zone, like I was saying. And uh, recently, I kind of I was I was a little bit humbled. Um, I had my best day of climbing, but accompanied with that. Uh, I put, I was like walking to the, to the trail and it was kind of like a newer area. So the, the trail wasn't necessarily well established. It was a little ambiguous. So I was like kind of, um, squeezing by these rocks to get to the trail, uh, still a little high up and uh, a foot long, uh, rock, which both of my hands were on at the time, uh, broke off. And, uh, I fell, um, about 15 feet interrupted by a rock, um, uh, before I, I, I landed face down on the ground and, uh, broke a few bones in my face and, uh, got a concussion. So it's been awesome to re- recover in Iowa, um, cause that's not around and I won't yeah. be tempted to. Um, and I, yeah, I'm thinking about taking, uh, some time off with that as well. Um, and, and, and like you said, uh, we're men in progress and, mm. and I think that, uh, I, I kind of let climbing get too big in my mm. life for a little while um and yeah. uh so yeah I'm, I'm taking probably about a month a month off from that yeah. yeah time time to you gotta give yourself time to heal right yeah like, that, yeah that too <laughs> <laughs> so i i just think it's super impressive that your like bones in your face are still healing you got stitches in your mouth and it's like singing beautiful music still <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was wondering because they like stuck a breathing tube down my throat for the uh surgery and uh for probably four days i was like i can't sing at all like this is bad i have a couple shows in about a week like and i think after day four or five it it all came back um, that's good that's awesome man do you uh do you want to play us another song yeah um let's see play a uh, tara and yiffy I can fit the microphone or the harmonica over my headphones. <laughs> oh, there we go. Woo. In the rolling mountainside, the rests a village green. Tara sleeps under stars and rides a bronco. Through the coffee field at night It's a place you might forget Any other place you'd ever been 
In the river, mountainside, Yiffy climbs a tree. She looks down on the people from her perch where she likes to read. Tara tears down in through town, the people wave and sing. She's a face you might forget, any other face you'd ever seen. It strikes a chord on his heartstrings to see the girl you feel. In the rolling mountainside, there is no war, just peace. Branches bow with fruit, Tara grabs a peach. She don't mind the sticky fingers of the girl they call Yiffy. He tells her I could use the things that help you stick to me. Tara and Yiffy, it has a ring, but it's not the one you In the rolling mountainside, the finest wares are seen. Tara searches tables for the gold as pure as he. He asks a merchant the cost of this through headdress, eyes, through peak. She says that it's his soul and more hair falls from the swath between. Lying in a bed, when who came in from the east? Mountainside, Tara finds his knees, his head in Yiffy's hands, tears streaming from her cheeks. She loved him all the same, you know, it wasn't make or break. She smiles at him tenderly, returns the loving gaze, though it wasn't the face he remembered as she turned and went away. Was it a place he'd ever been All alone in the field again
Another song I just love. <laughs> it's a good one. I Thank remember you, uh, last summer yeah. you, were, you were writing that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, one, of my, one of my better ones lyrically, I think. That and uh, um, Ticking in a Puddle are up there. Yeah. It's a, it's a really... And there's a lot to chew on. And mm. it's a really like, tie, like put together story. Yeah. So. Well, thank you. Yeah, uh, it feels good to be appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you want to share a little bit about Tara and Yiffy? Um, yeah. So uh, Tara and Yiffy is a um, story about the uh, destructive nature of lust. Hmm. Um, and in the story, you you have a um, this guy and this girl who are like. Uh, everything in the world says that they should be lovers um mm. you know everyone in their city confirms it and i i just picture this really beautiful environment where they where they grew up and uh you know tara the man he's kind of like a um he's a rambunctious lad um you know he he uh maybe he maybe doesn't have um parents i think mm. i don't know why um, that's part of his character, um, but he he finds a lot of a uh, solace in, in Yiffy, um, and he ends up wanting to marry her. Um, and while shopping for a ring, he he, s- he sees this beautiful woman um, who who is selling the ring, and uh, um, he ends up going after her instead. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that uh, described the picture um, that is in the last verse and course of of what happened. Um, between him and Yiffy, so yeah, hmm, that's that's so complex. <laughs> yeah, and, it, and it's such a deep theme that um, is existing there. And I think that that's the place where, when I think about your music, I I just recognize the poetic nature of it, you know, mm. uh, which is really cool. Yeah. So when it comes, you know, we we were talking about men in progress, and you know, just your your goals and, and where you want to go. And I guess when it comes to you now, um, and I think the reason I really kind of invited you on today too, is knowing that, I mean, you, you're 22. Mm-hmm. That's so young. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's, a, you know, you're the, aside from Caleb, I mean, you're the youngest guest on our show and I think oh, you're wow. younger than Caleb, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, you've been the youngest guest by far so far and, um, yet you're still someone I just really trust. And so I guess for you, like what, what goals do you have moving forward when you think about the, the kind of man that you're, you've, I guess, grown from, but also the kind of man that you're growing towards? Like, wh- what are you growing towards? Where do you want to go? Yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a good question. There's a lot there. Um, I would say, I'd say first off that, um, I have been, I have been grown, um, a lot. Um, I would say, um, 18 is kind of where it started, where, where intentional growth started for me and unintentional. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, um, I think that a few of the things that have been really important to me is like people to walk with, Mm. um, people beside me, people, people ahead of me and, and people behind me. Um, and, and by that, I mean like people who, who don't have as much life experience, um, uh, as me that I can like, I can tell them things. Um, because I think that that's a, a big part of personal development is, is, uh, showing others the ropes. Um, mm-hmm. you know, you learn probably twice as much teaching as you do learning. Um, 
and you need people beside you. Um, and I would say that I have a, I have a great um, group of friends, Bobby, you're one of them. And uh, uh, people who who uh, encourage you by walking through similar things as you. Um, and then you need people ahead of you. And so I, I, I seek mentorship. Um, and uh, I have a good friend, James Lapine, who uh, who has been reading books with me, meeting with me, talking about like where my struggles are. Um, and I think that those are those are three things that I always want to have. Um, where I'm at now, uh, man, I'm a, I'm in school. Um, and where I want to be, I want to own my own business someday. Mm. I think that that'd be a lot of fun. And that's kind of why I've started a band. Well, part of why, um, is because I want practice like, uh, in leadership and, uh, problem solving and, and arranging things, uh, making sure everything's in order. Um, and there's a, a friend I have, um, his name's Jacob and he, uh, owns his own coffee shop out in Buena Vista, one that I played at. Yeah. Um, really awesome dude. Um, I want, uh, I want to like work alongside a um, an entrepreneur um, at, out of college and like uh, s- see how they did it. Yeah, basically, and uh, I think that um, he, uh, Jacob would be a good candidate for that. Um, and uh, yeah, I want I just uh, I want to grow in generosity. I think that's the last thing. Yeah. Because um, I was reading this book, uh, The Good Life, by Charles Colson, and uh, he talked about. A, uh, a war camp in um, Southeast Asia. Uh, it was a Japanese war camp, and these men were required to work every single day, and they they worked these men to the bone, and, and a lot of them were sick, and things uh, turned around for this war camp when um, one uh, um, one of the soldiers um, went and found their uh, their friend and found that he was in really poor shape um, health wise and. But before the war camp, he was uh, the the American picture of health. They mm-hmm. called him Rosie because of it. And uh, these two men um, helped uh, Rosie back to health. And um, and Rosie, um, after he had been, uh, you know, he, he had like uh, something in his legs um, that he wasn't able to walk, but um, his friends massaged his legs and he was able to get blood flow. He was able to then walk and like kind of see the condition of the rest of the camp. And he mm-hmm. saw that everybody was just in terrible shape, but he was inspired by the love of his friends who like really went out of their way for him that he, he passed that on. And then um, eventually in this war camp, uh, every man had a, a confidant that they, um, that, that uh, they were looking out for essentially, mm-hmm. even to the point that this, this, uh, that this um, two, two men of, um, in the war camp um one got sick and the other cared for him uh gave him his blanket gave him all of his food rations that the first man got sick and died to get this other man better Mm -hmm. and he ended up um surviving and uh bands started forming (laughs) so you know talk about music and uh um there was a library uh i don't know how they got books here (laughs) but like there was a library at one point and uh and men who were who specialized in in uh botany and things like that were able to like identify plants and they were able to like gather food for themselves and and this uh this um thriving war environment like this thriving environment within a war was all because of uh generosity and love and, and 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 um instead of having a scarcity mentality where men would like grab onto every food ration that they, they were given and, and run away to eat it, like people were giving each other food. And, and uh, I think that um, half a day's portion um, that you gave away half um, because of love 
is healthier than a full day's portion which you took because of of hate and and fear yeah hmm that's so cool one thing i'm really interested in um because i think that it's so different like and and actually it's not that i think it's so different i know it's so different from a majority of the men your age mm-hmm. right so a majority of 22 year olds would not talk about mentorship as being important in their lives a majority of 22 year olds would not say that it's important for them to have um, older men in their lives that can like lead them and grow them towards what it looks like to be a healthy man. Sure. Um, so from your role as a mentee and someone that values mentorship, like why is that important for mm. you? Uh, yeah. So it's hard um, as somebody who um, grew up the youngest and developed a independence complex, like many people in this world, um, where, uh, because I, I feel like I've been babied a lot of my life. I, mm. I want to, you know, prove that I can do it on my own, um, which uh, constantly gets shut down by the realities of life. <laughs> um, so I think, like, it had to go back to the question for me of um, are we are we truly independent beings uh, or were we created um, with inherent need mm. for another and for others? Um and I, I answered that question. I'm like, well, yeah, I guess I kind of need other people in my life. And so when that question was answered for me, it was a lot easier to say, okay, I need help from somebody who's older than me, who knows, who's, who's walked in my shoes and um, who, can, who can give me good insight. Yeah. So how do you go about for yourself, like seeking healthy men to, to I guess, speak into your life? Or what is that? What is that like? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't want to like walk up to anybody yeah. and just say, Hey, what are you doing? You want to get coffee? Tell me how to, how to do life. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, like you, if you're a man seeking mentorship, you, um, I, yeah, it goes back to values yet again. Um, so I think that they should have similar values to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they don't, then they're un, not unimportant values. I don't want to say that, but uh, values that don't um, conflict directly with yours. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, um, I think you know, you shouldn't just spill your guts the first time you meet. You should kind of feel them out as much as they're feeling you out um, uh, for such a thing. Yeah, that's really cool. And and again, it's just so different. And I, I thought about that as you were coming on today. I'm like, I mean, because it's something I know about you. I know mm-hmm. that you you seek out mentors. I know that you, uh, seek out people, Hmm. other men in your life that, that, uh, especially older men that can speak into your life and that those relationships are important for you. And I think about, um, our current culture and we're very much siloed off, right? Yeah. Like even, I guess it's not, not super odd 27 and, and 22, like having a strong relationship. But, um, you know, we think about some of the there's like silos, like a 20 year old is not going to hang out with the 30 year old is yeah. not going to hang out with the 40 year old. Um, and I think that you just understand that there's, there's wisdom in other people and you want to grab onto that, which I think is really yeah. cool. Um, I think we, so we got about five ish minutes left and I think that we'll let you play another song. Awesome. Love playing music. <laughs> Thanks Bob. <laughs> um, yeah. Um,
easy light. A coffin is my bed tonight. You've been the marks of a man who bore my fangs, and I'm seared beyond belief. Can't hold my head up, can't see the light. Drifted by my monster, and I put him inside to see him die. But water's my demise. But water's my demise. Put to death this monster and drive away this ride Hold my head up
Yeah. Man, thank you so much for being with yeah, us here thanks today. Thanks for having me, Bobby. And, this has been a blast. Yeah, and listener, uh, thanks for being with us. Again, this has been Joe Levin has been with us today. Uh, plays under the band Atchison. Yeah. And uh, if you want to check them out, again, tonight at 7 at Bergie's, you can check them out. Um, as well as tomorrow at uh, 515 at the Banshell Park. Yep, for um, Traveler's Music Festival. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, check them out if, if you have the opportunity to. Um Joe, thank you so much for being with us today. And yeah, th- it's been it's been a blast. Thanks, yeah. Bobby. And listener, thanks for tuning in another Friday. We'll be here next Friday at 5.